doesn't sound like a show opening up. To you it's just a game, for me it's all I know I make them remember my name before I have to go Losing, I can't fathom, that's a champion's passion Confidence never lacking, drop the beat, let's attack them They be checking for the content, you tired of that nonsense No gimmicks, break limits, quality is I promise This is more than a show, this is a way of life Cause the game as it grows, takes us to higher heights Check the stats before you check me And don't tell me who the greatest if you don't know the history Robert Ramon and Carlos, the new big three And if the pins ain't from them, don't bring them to me Cause I go off like a rocket launcher Man, I just ate the beat, I'm a real monster I can hear the crowd chanting MVP That's my mantra, here's a standing on For the opinionated bench warmers To the Opinionated Benchwarmers Podcast, episode 67. Your Opinionated Benchwarmers are back for a new edition, a new episode. We got Carlos sitting here with me. I got Ramon with me. The boys you're hearing right now is Rob. How y'all fellas doing, man? As always, man, doing good, bro. Ready, 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 ready to rock it. Oh, I, hey, you hear him, huh? I know I was just about to say that DJ on the mic. But, yeah, man, I'm ready to roll, too, man. It, it's been a pretty good, I'll say, 24 hours, especially for, of course, us as Lakers fans. Don't want to jump the gun, but, of course, that's why I had to wear my Laker gear today, man. So I'm, I'm really pumped and, and ready to get rolling. Well, I want to first off start off, like I always do, thanking all our supporters and listeners who have been subscribing and leaving reviews and sharing our episode to their feed. We appreciate all the downloads that we've been getting. We still trying to get on another level. So like Ramon alluded to last episode, make sure that you're sharing that with a friend. You know, don't keep the goodness to yourself as he put it. And, you know, let's get this thing, let's grow our community, man. We, we, we're growing and we're growing by the episode. So we want to make sure that we're on the same page and that we get to that next level that you benefit from. And on that note, Ramon, I love how you how you said it, man. This is how I'm feeling right now, man. I'm just get it like I'm gonna start it out like this, man. That's how I'm feeling, man. They thought they thought we had lost. They thought we had fell on a down moment, but AB had AB had it coming, man. You know what I'm saying? I've been holding, I've been holding back my feelings about the Lakers, but we back, baby. Return of the Lakers, man. <laughs> hey, man, if you're too young to know what this is, this is not your moment. You, you know what I'm saying? I'm gonna let this rock into the chorus, man. We back. How y'all feeling, man? Good man. I mean, I'm with you, bro. We here. We here. We uh, we doing good things, bro. We still ain't finished though. We got it though. Yeah, we got some work to do, but. AD, man, he brought us back, man. I'm, I'm tired of holding it in. Return to the Lakers, baby. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> man, we've been down for some time, but Lake Show is back, bro. Hey, Lake Show down. is back. Let me turn this down. Yeah, man. You just remixed that into Return of the Lakers, huh? <laughs> Return of the Lakers, baby. Look, man, when AD hit that game winner, man, I said, He's been playing with so much swagger throughout this whole playoff series. 
he had a couple hiccups in the bubble, uh, but he came in that first round. And after that, after I think about game two versus the Blazers, he's really been in rhythm. He really been taking it off. But more specifically, that game winner there, we gonna remember that date. What is it? September twentieth, twenty twenty. I think that we'll look back at that date and say that from that point on, this is AD's team. I feel like that's the moment we'll look back at it. Just the way he's been playing, even in the beginning of this series, LeBron has been a very, very, very vocal point of this offense, of course, but AD has been the engine of this team. And I'm happy for him, and I'm even happy more so that he was able to do that in the Black Mamba jersey. Y'all react, man. Yeah, no, I'm with you, bro. Even even if he even when he hit it and, and the first words out of his mouth was Kobe. You know, I don't know if y'all saw that replay or was able yeah. to get a chance to see that. Um, you know, and you know you got the Lakers haters out there. I'm gonna say this because I it, it bothers me a little bit. Usually I don't I'm not the type of guy to look at the comments, but on Sports Center, you know, Instagram posted it and him saying Kobe. All the Lakers haters in the comments, usually you say Kobe before you shoot the shot or why the shot's in the air. Like, who cares? Like, right. you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, that ain't about that. That moment is about him representing Kobe and, you know, really showing respect to Kobe and hitting a clutch shot in a clutch moment right there in the playoffs. So it's like, you know, I, you know, you gotta, sometimes you just got to let the Lakers haters know. But I, I, I digress. Yeah, man. Like AD said, bro, he liked that, man. He liked that. AD is just showing that he's on that level. He's to that place where really, honestly, there's nothing that you can do to stop AD. It's pretty much just mentally if he's going to be there each and every night. And it's basically, is he going to be aggressive and be that number one option consistently and play that dominant basketball? But man, there's nothing that you can do with him. And you could just see kind of that this has even done a little bit more even for his confidence. And I believe that even as more people are talking, you know, you have your different commentators. I know that, you know, in the show with TNT afterwards, he and Charles Barkley were talking a little bit. Um, and Charles Barkley talked about, you know, his consistent aggressiveness. Um, and AD alluded to the fact that sometimes he thinks a little bit too much. But I think that with all that's going on in this playoff run, I think that that's just elevating him to a totally different level. We're watching an all-time great right now. Like, we have to take notice of that. We're watching an all-time great play at this point, and he's taking his game to another level. And at this point, AD is as good as any player in the game right now. As good as any player in the game, especially when he's aggressive. Well, I said it before. AD has been in my top five as an NBA player. You guys know we say it off-air. You know, we do lists off-air just for fun because we're sports junkies. But we also have done it on air, and I've always had AD in my top five. And I don't think it's too many seven-footers with his skill set, a true big man to his heart. Like, it's not like he's a, a Giannis that, you know, is, is going to drive to the goal with athleticism. It's not like he's a, even a KD who has, like, sort of like a guard game. You really have a legitimate seven-footer who can do turnaround Jays, just like you saw with the game winner. Jokic played it as best as you could. I mean, it's not, it's literally nothing more you could teach as far as closing out, hand in his face. It was just, just – it exemplified what defense should look like. And AD just made a tough shot, and he does this time after time after time, and it almost seems like it's automatic at this point. 
But the numbers that he's been putting up in his playoffs have been just ridiculous. And I think it, a lot of times it gets unnoticed. I think he's leading – isn't he leading the team in scoring in this series so far yeah. uh, through two games? Uh, he had 31 uh, last night. Um, I think, you know, his average total – 34 for this series. 34, 34 for, this for this series. series. How much is he averaging throughout the playoffs? I know it got to be 30-plus. Yeah, it's right around that 30. 30-plus. So I don't have it right off the top of my yeah. head. Or 12, you know, and I know he averaging probably about 12-plus rebounds and, and two, two, one or two blocks. He's having a great, great playoff series and um, playoff run. And I think that a lot of times, I think it has been a foregone conclusion that if the Lakers were to make it to the finals, that LeBron would be written in as the NBA Finals MVP. But I think that LeBron got his hands full in, in how AD is playing, you know, because AD could very well, if he continues this, be an NBA Finals MVP. And and I would, I would even go further to say this. I think that if the Lakers do win it all, it will have to be AD playing at an MVP level. Yeah, I agree with you, man. I really do agree. I think that when it pretty much night in and night out, I feel that at this point, AD is the most unguardable player and the biggest mismatch on the floor. And, you know, you're at a point where you have to take advantage of that mismatch that you have in Anthony Davis. And so, I very well do, you know, see it kind of the same way that you see it, that you could find yourselves in a place, you know, uh, where AD could be that finals MVP, especially depending even on what that matchup ends up turning out to be um, outside of that East. If you go and you have a team like Boston, they literally have nobody whatsoever that can check AD. So complete mismatch. Now, if you do see, you know, a Miami advance, you got a, a Bam out of bio, that could, you know, make it somewhat difficult for AD. He has somewhat of comparable size. He still is smaller, uh, but also, too, he has the agility and athleticism. But like you said, man, AD is just playing at another level right now, and he's playing at a clip that when he chooses to be dominant, when he chooses to be aggressive, there's just nothing anybody can do with him. Um, and he pretty much has everything in his bag. Like, I'm going to just ask y'all a question. Like, what, what offensively, is there out there that AD can't do? Nothing. nothing. <laughs> Clear. Crickets. Crickets <laughs> right there. There's literally nothing. nothing. You and, know, he has everything in his bag. And, you know, AD has been – is one of my favorite players, like I said, for years, and along with Dane. And I think that this was the last piece that, to me, that made him – that makes him inevitably my favorite player, and that's that clutch gene. I love a clutch player. And you saw even in the interview, she's like, uh, is it surprising that you took the shot? Uh, who took the shot? He's like, no, you know, LeBron wasn't open. And, you know, I was the option. And I embraced these moments because this is a part of my legacy. You see where his head is. He's talking about a legacy. And I think that this is the beginning, like I said, where the Lakers is his team. Every moment has that. Every team has that moment. And I think that the Heat had that moment with when Dwayne had to, you know, say when they, I think at that moment was when they lost to the Mavs and LeBron kept deferring to Dwayne Wade in this in the series throughout the playoffs and then Dwayne Wade is recorded as saying hey look bro this is your team we're going to follow your lead we're only going to go as far as you can take us and once that happened uh, the Heat you know LeBron took that mentality and led the Heat with that to the second time he made it to the finals and won it all and I think that that's that that's the moment right there for me 
you know, it, it just it, – it's instilled in your head. It just shows you where his head is. I think that the franchises going forward will be in good hands. Uh, I had I didn't get a chance today. I was busy at work. Didn't get a chance to tease my favorite uh, Pelicans fans for how much they bashed this guy and saying – you know, in that first series, they'll tell me, tell me, you know, that first series where he had a bad game. You see what I'm saying? He can't lead a team. He, you know, he, you know, he. That's the same thing he used to do with us. You can't say that no more. And it's been a long time before you could criticize the way AD's been playing. He dominated in the Houston series like he was supposed to, and he dominated Nurkic in that second game going forward. And now he's just dominating completely. Yeah, no, I'll just add to that. I know we were, you know, looking at it and talking about the numbers as far as what he averaged um, this playoff series. Right now we got him at a little bit under 30 points a game, which is 28.7, 10 rebounds. But compared to his years before, he's been more efficient. You know, he's had to be the guy years before where he's the last two playoff times, you know, back in 14, 15, average 31, and back to 17, 18, average 30. The difference in between those two was he's shooting um, 57% compared to what he shot before, um, you know, he's shooting a high percentage. Even his three-point percentage is higher. You know, he's more efficient. You know, he's not the – he doesn't have to be the guy. Uh, he can be the guy, but it, he doesn't have the main focus on him, you know, 100% now with a, a, a good, well-rounded team with him. So, I mean, again, you look at those numbers and what he's doing, you know, he can easily, you know, like you alluded to, Rob, he can easily be the finals MVP, you know, easily, you know, make that case because LeBron has been aggressive been more aggressive what we saw in the past but you know you can say that ad has been the guy you know and even lebron like he said early in the year we're going to run offense through him you know lebron is not that half court you know type of guy yeah he can beat you and you know pull up make a shot but that's not his game he is a transition player ad you can throw down to the post and he can make a move and score the ball so i mean right now you just gotta give your hats off to ad i really think he was cheated with the defensive player of the year he should have been it you know, I really think I really think LeBron was cheated with MVP, but that's another argument. But you know, we 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 that's another argument for another day. But we can we can move on from there. If you talk about from the perspective of a regular season award, I think it is disappointing with LeBron that he only got sixteen or fifteen votes uh, as far as that. But I do feel like Giannis deserved it. You know, at the end. Yeah. Of the see, see, this is why this is why I disagree with that point because like we get so caught up in how many votes someone gets. But at the end of the day, it's not like they bring all 101 voters in one room for them to say, okay, this many people are going to vote for this guy, this many people are going to vote for that guy. You vote based upon who you think is the MVP. So just like you saying, Rob, if you feel that LeBron, if you feel that Giannis is the MVP, then your vote will go that way. If I feel that Giannis is the MVP, then my vote goes that way. So I think sometimes we get caught up in the numbers and saying, oh, the race should have been 52 to 49, or it should have been blah, 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 you got to go based upon what the voters, the individual voters think at that particular time. So I honestly don't have an issue really with the gap that's out there because either you think Giannis deserved it or you think LeBron deserved it. And if we're going to say that two out of the three of us felt that Giannis deserved it, then our votes would have went that way. So we can't, I don't think, make the case that more people should have said LeBron. That well, I mean, I, I get I get that. I get that. But at the same time, I feel like LeBron feels disrespected because he felt like he should have got more of those first place for votes, obviously. You know, he should have been more in the conversation. And I feel like people made it seem like he wasn't in the conversation. And that's what he's upset with. And, you know, with 16 votes compared to what he got over 100 and some votes, 
you know, and based off how the season ended, if we look at those last two games, what LeBron did against the Clippers, what he did against those same Bucks, and then, you know, obviously it's a regular season award, which, you know, like my boy Draymond mentioned, we have to make some changes to that. You know what I'm saying? We have to change the game. It's been too stuck into this. Now you see where your MVP is at now. And you see what your MVP is doing now. He's mm-hmm. at home. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And, like, everybody knows that it come playoff time, you build a wall and he's done. You know, you got a game. You got seven games or five to seven games prepared for this guy. He is not the same player. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? But when you got an MVP-type player where you, you can't do nothing to stop this dude, you know what I'm saying, where he can have it. He can get it going in the passing game. He can get it going other ways and get his team involved, get the hockey assist, what you call it. And he's leading this team right now. He's not sitting at home. So, but again, yeah, I, I digress. I think on I, that. I, I, and just two, just two quick things right there. I think two points on that. First point is that you know there's a distinguishment, and maybe they should figure out a way to have you have like an MVP, but let them award like a best player or some type of some other type of award because like MVP and best player in the league to me mean two different things. Um, but then also too, I feel that they wait too long to give these awards out. If they voted on this stuff before they came to the bubble or right when the bubble started, why do you wait to the second round, third round of the playoffs to start announcing these awards? If Giannis won this regular season award, give that to Giannis right when the playoffs start instead of waiting until there's an opportunity for him to be gone and for it to look terrible for you. So I think that the the optics of it and waiting so long also makes it look stupid as well. You know, if you're going to wait that long, then make it a whole year regular season and playoffs thing, if you're going to wait that long. Absolutely. I do, and I find a player's more valuable in postseason any, anyway, you know, as we said, which we'll get to, the Clippers had an early exit out, which I don't mind at all, of course, as always. But as you see, that that was a team that everybody, that was a favorite throughout the beginning of the season. Since the trade was made, pretty much everybody wrote him into the NBA, wrote them into the NBA Finals, at least the conference finals. Neither will happen this year. But I think that you see players are different when it comes to postseason play and regular season play. Just like Lo said, when thing when you build a wall and protect that paint against Giannis, he can't do anything. He's not a that a prolific shooter. Uh, he's not that good of a playmaker, at least on LeBron's level as far as playmaking ability. And you know, if he's if he's not going full force to, through you. You know, like I always say, Ramon, the court shrinks in the playoffs. And when you shrink that court on Giannis, he's not the same player. And, you know, like Lowe said, I mean, but it's hard to argue with 30 points and 14 rebounds in the regular season, six assists, like, and then your team has the best record in the league. It's hard to argue with that as far as a most valuable player standpoint. But I agree with you, Ramon. I feel like they should vote on that earlier. Um, and I do – I. But my thing, and I've always said, I've been saying it for half a decade now, I really feel like a portion of the playoffs should to play a part into that decision. So I feel like you should wait until everything's done and then decide who is the most valuable player. You know, that's how I look at it. But I know, I don't know, it, you know, what the stipulations of it, but I feel like they that, that would have been more effective. Now, like I mentioned, what's interesting is that I mentioned is that certain players – historically are better in the regular season than they are in the postseason. And I think that when you think of players that make a drastic decrease in their play is none other than James Harden. 
I think James Harden has been in the league, what, 11 years? Am I – or 10? I know he's been in the league for 10, right? Yeah. around. I think he got drafted in 09. He was 09? in the draft. So, so we're, we're looking at about 11 years. I, I think that it's time to start talking about legacy. The same way that we can look at Stephen Curry and say he's going to be the first ballot Hall of Famer, I mean, we have to start looking at James Harden's legacy. Now, if you don't know what I mean, we hadn't had time to talk about it. This is old news, but it's an interesting topic that no, that everyone avoids. But here at Opinionated Benchwomers, we're not going to avoid this conversation because I didn't see any sports outlet that covered this. But as you look at James Harden's career as a whole, I think it start, it's time to start looking at him. Uh, the Rockets had another early bounce out of the playoffs, and they were expected to at least make it past the second round. Um, that didn't happen. And um, when you look at the legacy of the Rockets and, you know, just James Harden, how he's historically choked in the playoffs, I mean, we did our players' rankings. I don't know if any of us had him in our top five, did we? Did any of us have him in our top five? Uh, I don't remember. That's tough. Uh, but yeah, that was I don't think none of us have, but – I think that I think I see a lot of people have them in their top five. But can you criticize a player by their success in the playoffs when uh, James Harden has historically shrunk in the playoffs? Oh, you can totally you can totally criticize based on that, man. Uh, especially when you get into talking about players of James Harden's caliber, you got to realize like we're not just talking about you no know, any old average kind of scrub, just a you know, a guy that kind of makes an all-star team maybe here or there. Like, we're talking about a guy that they're trying to say is the third greatest shooting guard of all time. We're talking about a guy that I've heard that they try to put into the discussions with Kobe and Michael Jordan as the the best scorers ever or the best one-on-one players. We've heard Charles Barkley say that James Harden is the best one-on-one player in league history, which I completely disagree with. Mm -hmm. Um, So when you start getting mentioned in those type of groups and those type of scenarios then you have to be able to scrutinize what they do in the playoffs those type of players those franchise guys you want to see what they're going to do when everything is on the line when they have to step up um in those difficult situations you know like we've talked about before the regular season game is is a different game from the postseason in the postseason things slow down you got teams that can game plan for you in a better way um and take away your strengths you know more easily and so you get to see the guys that really uh, will put up or shut up when it comes to the playoffs. And we've seen, like you said, J- James Harden kind of year after year shrink when it gets to those situations and settings. I don't believe that this year personally was the worst year for him. I thought that this year he put up a little bit better of an effort than he typically does. Uh, but you've seen that kind of historically from him. Man, I mean, I think you look at that situation. Look at the coach, man. They wanted him back. The coach said, I'm out. That should tell you exactly what's going on with that team. You know what I'm saying? Like, you go to the small <laughs> he ball. A day. He ain't wait a day to get out of that, did he? He told him on the plane. He told him on the plane, hey, I'm, I'm out. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I just think, you know, the way they're trying to play, and I don't know. If, I, I mean, I, I get the small ball because I did it with Sean Marion um, back in the day with the Phoenix Suns and all that stuff, and I think they were just trying to recreate that. But that team didn't win championships. Um, and I'm not trying to get off topic here, but I, I think I need to take this time to just say something about this. How the heck does Mike D'Antoni keep getting coaching jobs? I, for the life of me, I don't get it. You don't know, know, we either. had we had a assistant coach come on 
for the Pelicans on our podcast and talk about this, how we they, the, the NBA keeps recycling coaches and things like that. That's one of those coaches that I don't get how he continues to get jobs. Yes, he has won games in regular season games. But when it comes to the playoffs, playoffs? All right. <laughs> when it comes to the minute. playoffs. I got the drop. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. I got the drop. When it you comes to the you, playoffs. You just gave me the same. Playoffs? R- right. When it, when it comes to the playoffs, though, this dude has not done nothing. You know, has he been to a championship game? Has no. he been to the finals? No. Like, finals is the part is that's going. it. Right. I don't get how he continues. Like, he's a hot name once he's a coach. Like, you know, you, you want regular season wins? Cool. What you going to do in the playoffs? Sorry. But anyway, back to James Harden. Yeah, I mean, again, James Harden's going he's not the number one guy on the team. He needs another guy. He needs his Shaq. He needs, you know what I'm saying? He needs that other player to do it. Russell Westbrook is a good player. Don't get me wrong, but Russell Westbrook is not a complimentary player to him and his talents, if that, if that makes sense. You know what I'm saying? Because, again, Russell Westbrook is very limited in his show, you know, offensively when it comes to the three-point line. You know, Russell Westbrook was almost treated like Rajon Rondo back in the playoff days, back in his Boston days, almost because of how limited he was when he was on the court. Um, but again, um, I, again, I think he needs another star with him and why that another big with him, like, you know, AD type player. Yeah, I think you look at that. But when you say that, that, that says a lot. And what the point I'm trying to kind of drive home here is that he's not an AD type of player. He's not a LeBron. He's not He's not an all-time, you know, he's not on that level, even on a Steph level. You know, he's proven time and time again that he's not the one. He's, he's not, he's not going to be a number one to lead you to the NBA Finals. He's not going to do that. The only time Houston almost made it, Chris Paul was the number one guy. Now, would I say Chris Paul is a better player than James Harden? I don't know. But – is James Harden a special office of talent? Yeah, he is. But when you talk about a special mentality, a special leader, and just a special player that Im- impacts the game, I would elevate Chris Paul over him. Hence why even he took a mediocre Thunder team and had them take the the, the Rockets, ironically, to seven games. It's, it's not only coaching, but it's Chris Paul who's an awesome leader who impacts the game. When you look at the Heat and you look at a Jimmy Butler, you know, as, as the number one guy who will do anything it takes, he, I think he's going to have to pick his scoring up in this series if he expects for them to advance. And I know that he will, but he's a, he's a selfless guy. He makes the play. He impacts a game. He might have a 16-point stat line, but he's impacted the game in, in many ways that means more than what's on the stat sheet. Uh, so, I, I mean, I, for once, you know, James Harden's fun to watch. He's a fun regular season player. But when it comes down to the playoffs, which matters, I can't put him up there with the greats, man. And I had people that was ready to put him as a top 10 player of all time. I can't, I, I can't do that. I can't that's do not it. Even, that's I not don't even, even know if he's right in now. my top 20. So Yeah, that's not even close. Yeah, right so, right. It, it, you know, I think that – I think we are so quick to put people in places where they don't belong. You know, and this regular season is so long and our attention span is so short that we really lock in when players are doing great things in the regular season, like a Giannis. And then when you get in the playoffs, we just completely ignore it. 
Do you have anything else to say on it? Because we can. Yeah, no, I, I think just pretty much, man, like you said, though, I think it gets down to mentality. I think James Harden has the game. I think mentally he has to break through. And like you said, I don't think he's quite that leader. You know, I use an example even off air of two guys. Like I view, just like you were talking about Jimmy Butler, Paul George to me is a more talented, just straight basketball talent, just more talented player than Jimmy. But if you're talking about playoff performance, I'm taking Jimmy any day over Paul George. And it's really the mentality. It's what's up here. It's what's the difference between those two players. So I think with your thing with James Harden, James Harden has the talent. He could be up there in those discussions. But mentally, I don't think he's totally there at this point. Well, you mentioned it's been a crazy playoff. So I'm going to just do it again because it's just been crazy. So we had the Clippers who had an early, another early exit. They were supposed to be in the Western Conference Finals. It was supposed to be the Battle of L.A., which I said last episode I wouldn't mind seeing it. But then y'all basically virtually slapped me and snapped me out of it and made me realize that it's not about what you want to see. It's about winning that chip. So I'm back, return of the Mac style. <laughs> but, hey, man. Clippers not there, man. It, you know, I, I was highly, highly disappointed in Kawhi Leonard in in a, in a game that you know he needed. And, and for the most part, I feel like Kawhi performed very, very good in these playoffs um, as far as scoring and as far as defense wise. But those last two games before they got bounced out, it seemed like uh, I don't know what Coach Malone what adjustment he was able to make, but it seemed like he kind of got Kawhi under control. Meanwhile, fast forward to the game seven, uh, Paul George could not hit – he couldn't throw the ball in the ocean if he was standing on the shore. He couldn't hit anything, fellas. He was hitting the side of the backboard. I mean, it was getting it was getting so embarrassing. I was like, Coach Doc, please take him out, man. I know it's six <laughs> minutes left in the right. game, but, man, he just – you know, he just didn't have it. And Kawhi, he just was – his normal – tip. what made it worse is Kawhi has pre- pretty much let his game speak for him. Yeah. So you really ignore the fact that he's almost a mute. But when he's playing terrible like that, you're like, Kawhi, I need to see some emotion. I need to see something. I need to see something, bro. You just look lost. But, I mean, Kawhi is allowed to have a bad game because he's won two championships on two different teams, two finals MVPs. But, I mean, it was just disappointing to see that out of Kawhi, man. And and, and Paul George, man, we I tweeted it, and, and you agree with me, Ramon. The Lakers really dodged the bullet with him, bro. Big time. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Big time. But, I mean, I look at the series, you know, they that, that team went seven games with the Nuggets, which I give my hat off to the Nuggets because, again, they're down 3-1 twice, you know, to the Jazz and now to, to the Clippers and came back and won. So, again, hopefully the Lakers have their, their antennas up on this team and realize don't sleep on them. But back to the Clippers. The Clippers, man, I mean, you, you see that? I just – what I didn't like about it was the excuses after the game. The, oh, maybe our chemistry wasn't that great, you know. Um, we just now getting together. You know, it's like all this rah-rah talk, and then you go into a situation where you, you're making all these excuses from Doc Rivers to Paul George, you know, making all – to Lou Williams, to Lemon Pepper Lou Williams. Sorry, I didn't mean to yeah, get wrong there. Get it right, get it right. You know, you just <laughs> – it's like, you know, at first you start the season, you know, you post some videos, don't talk to us, don't talk to us. You know, you make big trades, get these players. You know, we can't talk to you guys, you know. You know, the price just went up to them, you know. So now, all of a sudden, you all right over there, man? 
Yeah, the listeners don't know. Rob kind of squatting around right now. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, gotta make sure you're all right. But anyway, boy, right quick if you listening. Yeah. So I'm. It's just to the point where I'm just ready to to move on from them, man. It's like I. I'm glad they're gone. I'm glad they're gone because, again, I think a lot of the NBA players, you've seen them tweeting out their happiness after seeing them knocked out because they talk too much. They were too arrogant before they did anything. You know, it's like do something, then talk. You know what I'm saying? It's like they were too trying to be bullies and didn't have the chemistry to be the bullies on the block, you know? So I'm glad they're gone. Good riddance. Yeah, no, I feel the same way, and I was ready for the slander, bro. Like, I was literally – I was talking to my brother as that game was closing. I was like, hey, bro, like, we got to stop talking. I got to get on Twitter. I got to see this slander. Like, I was ready for all the jokes. Because the thing about it, they just felt so entitled throughout the course of this season, man. Like, it was just straight up entitlement. They felt that, hey, we put this together. We're going to take it all away. And my thing is, the two people I had the biggest issues with, first of all, Patrick Beverly can't stand the guy like Patrick Beverly is ridiculous first of all he did all that stuff with the laughing and joking and being immature with Dane missing free throws in the game and then all of a sudden I now you the one you saying Cancun on three but then on top of that Paul George I just want Paul George to be honest about something like can the guy just be honest first of all we take it back and you could say we had a bad blood because he didn't come to the lakers blah 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 but this guy had been trying to get to the lakers for years lakers fan and all that then all of a sudden things don't go that way and he claims that he was a clippers fan growing up in la but he was also a kobe guy who is a kobe guy growing up and is a clippers fan that don't even make sense but then the guy comes and before the season he's talking about they have the pieces to win a championship before they come to the bubble, there's a video of him with an interview that he had talking about how they have the pieces and that they're going to win it all, all this kind of stuff like that, basically saying championship or bust. And then you lose that game and say that the guys in the locker room never felt that this was championship or bust for y'all. But you got other players that's having post-game interviews that are saying that it was championship or bust. You got Lou Will that was at least being honest. So my thing is with Paul George, just accept it. You came up short. You know, I'm surprised that after that game, he wasn't icing his shoulder to try to act like that was the issue. Because every time something goes wrong, it's an excuse for Paul <laughs> George. the handy-dandy ice bag. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. It's always an excuse for Paul George. And I want him to look in the mirror and realize that he is the issue. He is the problem. This guy has a chance to now be a number two option, and he can't even handle that. He can't even step up and be a bona fide number two option. So that's something that he has to look in the mirror, that he has to check. And I was glad to see them lose, man. I wasn't, it wasn't like I was just worried about a matchup or anything with them. I just don't like them as a team. So I was glad to see them gone, man. Well, y'all both said a, a mouthful. And I think one thing that was similar in what y'all said, and I don't think, I don't know if y'all realized it, but basically what y'all said is that they didn't accomplish anything, but they didn't have that one vocal leader that could make them realize that. And that's what I realized. Like, I even fell in the media hype, and it was so easy to fill up, fell in the media hype with Stephen A. saying, he don't know about the Lakers, you know, the Clippers looking nice from Max to, you know, uh, Marcus Wiley. All of, the, all of the sports analysts just were so fast to write them in. You get caught up in the media circuit. You get caught up in them – 
it was, it's a reason why they were second in the Western Conference final and we were first. You know, LeBron has been there plenty of times. LeBron has spent the decade, the last decade playing playoff basketball. And they don't have that guy. You know, you would think it's Kawhi, but Kawhi isn't capable of being a leader because he prefers to lead by example. But that's not enough. And I think that they were missing that. And Paul George, to me, what, what, what said a lot about his character to me was not only when he uh, forced his way out of um, Indiana saying that he wanted to be a Laker, and then when it didn't happen, then he goes to, like, talking – like the Lakers are beneath him as a franchise. You know, you know, you get, you get what I'm saying? Am I making this up? Nah, nah, you're not making it up. And that's, that, that was my thing about it. But the second strike is when him and Dame got into it and you, you, you bark your bark. And then when you get a bark back, then you want to piece it up. Like what? Like, is either you want to be competitive or you don't. Is either you want to be a vocal leader or you don't. Is either you want to be a leader of a championship team or you don't. It's like he doesn't know who he wants to be. And he may be a great guy. I've been around him one time, and he seems like a pretty cool guy, really nice guy. But I was you know, a slight as flex, huh? Hum- no. humble, <laughs> humble bragging. Yeah, I've been around him. No, man. we hung out a couple times. <laughs> no, too long. It wasn't nothing like that. It wasn't no hangout like that. But you know, he seems like a pretty good guy. But I just feel like in his mind, he he knows who he wants to be, but he's just not quite there yet. I think if if he didn't. I think he plays better without pressure on him. And Kawhi, man, for him to choke like that, man, the Eastern Conference ain't the – I mean, the Western Conference ain't the Eastern – well, he should know that. But yeah, he wasn't the – but he wasn't the no, go-to option in San Antonio. Yeah, like you were saying, alluding to, Kawhi has never really truly been the leader of a franchise. Mm-hmm. You look at the Spurs, you had all those years with Tim Duncan, Manu Ginobili, Tony Parker, those kind of guys that were the leaders – and even last year with, with Toronto, honestly, people don't talk about it enough. Kyle Lowry is the leader of that team. Yeah, Whether, Whatever you think about Kyle Lowry, he is the leader of that team. I'm seeing the, that now. I'm yeah. seeing that now with, with, their, with their playoff run this year. I saw right. it. And see, he's the vocal leader. And like you said, in that Clippers locker room, they don't have a vocal leader. Mm. And like you were basically saying, that's what partially led to their demise. They don't have a guy that you can galvanize around, a guy that's going – getting you know people faces a guy that's going you know truly get out there and lead like they need even though of course we know he's a former clipper at this point they need like a chris paul type in that locker room you know Kawhi would have benefited from i know he originally wanted jimmy butler over there you know before the paul george came over there like he would have benefited from jimmy being on that team instead of paul george and so that's what they missing but I'm glad that they're missing it, and I hope they continue to miss it, and I hope they continue to lose year after year. The only thing, Jerry Jones over there. I mean, yeah, Jerry Jerry Jones over Jerry West. That's what I'm talking about. Well, I mean, that that brings up our next topic. But, yeah, Jerry West, man, they – you know, he he knows how to put teams together. But I I think it's like a fantasy draft. If you looked at this team on paper, you, you would obviously see that Jerry West got it right. Him and Doc put together a roster. A roster, okay? But one thing that was missing that they probably didn't quantify was just the intangibles, and that's that's a leader, man. You got to have a leader on the team. And, you know, if anything, you know, like you said, even with the Heat, you got – you're done. It's, he don't log any minutes in games. But basically, he's, there, he's, a, he's a voice in the locker room, and everybody respects him. And, you know, Jimmy we, – we already know about Jimmy, man. Jimmy – 
basically has rubbed off on every player in the Heat locker room. So it's a, it's a lack of that. But like y'all say, I don't ever, 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 ever mind seeing the Clippers fail, ever. Yeah. And <laughs> so, just one, one parting thing, we don't have to dwell on it at all. But like I've said many times before, Doc Rivers is overrated. That's all I got to say. <laughs> He's in that Dan, Dan and Tony uh, bracket. Yeah, I, I would. He he's all right now. People gonna say he got a chip or whatever. He won a championship. Yeah, we, we, but we I can't, still. Yeah, you got you can't disrespect yeah. that man and his chip. Yeah, but I mean that team was stacked. Lakers team had you know some injuries, you know. But <laughs> but we ain't gonna get into that. But Doc is overrated. And anybody that want to debate me, they can see me on Twitter, Instagram, wherever you want to debate that. I'm willing to debate it with you. All right, all right. Well, there you have it. So let's move on to the Eastern Conference Finals. The Baltimore Celtics, I mean, <laughs> the Boston Celtics. <laughs> the Boston Celtics finally got them one. But I'm still holding on to Heat and Six. Did y'all hear me? No? You hear me? Technical now? difficulties right there. Technical okay, okay. I said, I said yeah, the Boston Celtics finally got them one. <laughs> And I, but I'm yeah. still holding on to Heat and six. What, what did y'all see in this last game that y'all I, they play again tonight? So I mean, it's coming out tomorrow. So take it as an unupdated. Should we go? No, into you know they play game? again on Wednesday. Oh, they playing against on. Okay, so cool. We yeah. they'll hear this before we. What did you see? I just saw a team in Boston that had Gordon Hayward back. I think that that does make a difference for them. Um, however, I feel like the Heat took their foot off the gas pedal a little bit, which is expected. Um, I still, I'm still comfortable with Heat and six, like I said before. I mean, I guess to chime in, I, for me, I saw a team that honestly just attacked the zone more. I think that the the zone gave Boston fits in that uh, that matchup with Toronto, and I think that the Heat, you know, came with that same strategy and brought that zone. Um, and you saw Boston, uh, they just, of course, they spaced the floor. The floor spacing was much better in game three, but also they did a much better job of attacking the gaps in the zone. They didn't just sit back um, and rely on it. They truly attacked the gaps, a little driving kick action. Um, and so I thought you just saw a team that was a little bit more aggressive, but it also benefited from uh, the fact, like you said, of having Gordon Hayward there. And um, I'm I'm still holding firm with my Boston and seven pick, man. I think that on Wednesday this series will even up, and I think that um, you know, it'll be a three-game series at that point. And I still think that that Boston is just a little bit more talented than Miami. I do agree that the Heat are a gritty franchise, a gritty team, and they you know kind of take on you know who Jimmy really is in leading that team which I think that one player that gets slept on for the Heat a lot is really what Goran Dragic has been doing, but that's a whole another discussion. I feel yeah, like – Goran is their leading scorer yeah, right now in yeah, the playoffs. right, and people don't talk about that enough. Like, Goran Dragic has been balling for them, but I still think ultimately I, – I still believe that the Celtics end up getting it done. Uh, well, you know me, man. I'm, I'm Heat. Uh, like, I predicted the Heat, you know, advancing to this point, and everybody was looking at me like I'm crazy. That he just got that element of a championship team, uh, and I do think that it, I, I believe we're going to make it as Lakers franchise to the uh, NBA Finals. I do feel like the Heat matches up pretty decently with us, but that's another discussion for another day because it hadn't happened yet. 
but I fear the Heat more than I feel fear Boston, even though they have a talented young wing. They have a talented young uh, grouping at the guard positions uh, with Kemba, with with uh, with Brown, and with of course Tatum, who's taking another leap to to superstardom. But I, I mean, I, I really feel like this Heat team, just from top to bottom, their roster is filled out well. And like I said, keep saying they got multiple people who can get you twenty points out of nowhere. So that's not yeah, I, yeah, I agree with you. I think the Heat are the most dangerous team when it comes to matchup to the Lakers, just because they have all they have a, a lot of players they can throw at LeBron. You know, just for that reason, Iguodala. <laughs> they got Iguodala. They got. Uh, Crowder, you know, obviously Jimmy Butler, you know, they have all these players that can give you. <laughs> I see the fly flying around, man. I see it. I actually bro, saw it that time. You need to go grab a swatter or something, bro. You need to, <laughs> you need to get, get rid of that thing. Man, continue your point, man. <laughs> I'm sorry, bro. It's a little distracting. But – um, no, nah, I, I think I think they do have a team. And then, like you said, Bam, I don't know if he can necessarily uh, match up well with AD, but I think he can give, you know, some good positive possessions against AD. Um, so I think they match up well against us. I mean, we keep our big lineup, again, obviously our size to be an advantage to, uh, against them. But, you know, again, we're getting ahead of ourselves there. We still don't know if we're going to get to the finals. I don't want to jinx anything. A lot can happen in between now and the finals. Yeah, let's keep it. Let's let's take a take a slice of that humble pie on our own and just take one game at a take time. Take a game at a time, yeah. man. Game one at game a time. at a time. But we looking darn good, but one game at a time. So I think that that, that sums it up. So who y'all got winning this next game tomorrow? I got the Lakers, man. I think no, we, not the Heat, man. I mean the Eastern Conference, bro. They don't play till Wednesday. They don't play till Wednesday. So we yeah, they switched. They switched it. So now, because we they were ahead of us already, they switched it to where the Heat we play after. I mean, we play before the Heat now. Oh, heat so now. we all got Wednesday uh, in the Eastern Conference Finals. I think Boston ties it up. Boston ties it up. It's going to be another uh, down to a nail biter, but I think Boston ties it up. Yeah, I, think, I got it going two two Boston. <laughs> I got Heat going three two. Uh, three two. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> three one three one three one. <laughs> um, just basically for the reasons that I mentioned. You know, uh, I'm not backing off of that. I think that he is um, just as collectively as a team. I think that they might, they may have what Boston is missing. I think that Boston does have a vocal leader in Marcus Smart, but what he brings to the table, I mean, if you had, if Marcus Smart mentality was in Jason Tatum, not to say that Jason Tatum don't have a strong mentality, don't get me wrong, but I'm just saying as far as like that, that gritty player, like, I feel like it'll be, it'll be a different story, and I think Boston is missing it. But I think that the fact that the Heat does have it, I feel like in the playoffs, especially this deep in the playoffs, small things like that matter. So I'm going Heat, go up 3-1, then they're going to end that thing the next time, the next game. All right? All right, so let's shift to football. <laughs> Seems like th- this week has been the week of injuries. Uh, we've seen a lot of superstars go down. Y'all shaking your head in unison, which is not planned. A lot of people's fantasy football teams have hit the hit, taken a hit. Uh, Saquon Barkley, uh, prayers out to him and his family. Uh, that he seems like he's going to be out for. Well, he is going to be out for the season, which it was confirmed that he did tear his ACL. Uh, you, you've seen um, Jerry Bosa 
it, you know, it's been confirmed he tore his ACL. Uh, the list goes on, man. Uh, Nick, Nick Bosa. Nick, Nick Bosa, sorry. Nick Bosa. The list goes on, man. Uh, uh, Christian McCaffrey's out, going to be out for a month with an ankle injury. Um, I, I mean, Cortland Sutton. Cortland Sutton, he, he came in with a banged up shoulder and then he had knee issues and it turned to find out that he tore his knee up, which was a quote. And they lost him for the season. So it's just, you know, Drew Locke is out for, uh, for a couple weeks uh, to a month probably. Uh, with an injury. <laughs> I mean, let's just go on. Right. I mean, then you look at the 49ers, half of their roster got hurt, you know, yeah. this past Sunday. You yeah. know, like you mentioned, obviously Nick Bosa, Solomon Thomas, two of their running backs now. Nobody's really talking about Raheem Moster and Tevin Coleman are both was out. You know, and their starting quarterback, you know, high ankle sprain. Bro, we don't know what he's going to look like week to week. So, yeah. I I think that, that one thing that's interesting to pose when we talk about this, though, how do y'all feel that the impact of not having really a true training camp, but also not having preseason has impacted this? Because you've had players that have had to instantly ramp it up and get straight into full game action when normally they kind of ease into it. Like, what do y'all think has been the impact of that? I don't think it's a huge impact because if you look at the guys that we're talking, you know, they don't get that many snaps anyway. Um, during the preseason. The guys that we were talking to, Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley's, they may get four or five carries during the preseason and they get yanked. You know, they're not risking that injury anyway. I just think that it was a weird year by itself. Maybe, you know, not necessarily preseason, but just the buildup for the body, you know, for them through it, not missing those OTAs and a lot of it being, you know, virtual, what, you know, a lot of us is dealing with now. So I think their, their buildup for their body, those core muscles, those strengths, those things that the cutting and stuff that they need to do and get used to and get your body warmed up to, they no longer have. So that may be what it is. I think, you know, like you said, Lowe's, I think everything being virtual, them not being able to get the reps that they would usually get, uh, I think that it does play a part into it. Uh, I do think that pre not having a preseason does, uh, I think it does play a part because guys aren't able to get into that, even if they're not playing that much, get into their pregame routine, pregame warm-up, uh, feeling contact. Feeling contact from your teammate is different than feeling contact from an opposing team. So I do feel like it does play a part into it. But ultimately, like you say, I think that, you know, sometimes it, it's just that it's inevitable. And uh, injuries are – this is a very gruesome game, and injuries are inevitable in this sport. So yeah. fantasy-wise, uh, for advance, I know that, you know, Saquon, I know in no draft I did, I don't think he went less than three because <laughs> some guys took Zeke ahead of him. But, I mean, guys like that, I mean, I think that all these injuries is just going to show how you built your roster and, you know, just, just see how you can weather the storm. But don't give up. It's still early. It's a lot of waiver pickups that you can make, a lot of trades that you can make. Um, you just got to stick in them, man. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be a lot of fab money blown this weekend <laughs> for a lot of people, you know. You can expect, you know, a lot of high waivers being used and a lot of fab being used because people are going to go into panic mode, you know. And, you know, for the, the the smart owners out there, they probably already have some depth on their team where they don't have to go and blow all that fab week two and then they're in the same situation three weeks from now. So, you know, I would just say I'll give that fantasy advice is, hey, yes, you know, if you need to get go out there and get a player, then do it, you know. I mean, you know, spin your fat. But if you got some depth on your team, you don't have to blow, you know, 
80 percent of your 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 fab free agency money um on a player that's just my opinion again each to each his own i mean but again i i, I like to build my team where it has some depth for these reasons yeah for sure uh, like that i mean galladay has yet to play a, a snap for my team and um i mean at the time i mean just just like you say low depth so you know i i you know i got henry Ruggs, i got terry McLaurin, i got brandon cooks like i'm I, I should be able to get get by a couple weeks until Galladay gets in, gets back in because I'm not confident he'll even play this week coming, but we'll see. But you know, I think that it, you know a lot of guys, you know, just like you say, don't panic. You know, build a team with depth and understand that this is a marathon, not a race. Yeah, no, I agree. And the thing about it too, also, if you already have that depth from a standpoint of you built that out, but you haven't too been that impacted by these injuries. Man, it's trade time for you too, man. Some people out there are gonna be desperate. So I hate to say it. That's but what Ramon like to do. Yeah, <laughs> Ramon, <laughs> dog, you the, he the trade master, I, man. I, I hate to say it, which I, I hadn't been too active lately, man. I, I got to get back on, on on my trade game. No, you but, don't. No, you don't. But <laughs> but yeah, but honestly, man, in this time, you're gonna have people that are panicking, and um, you're gonna have people that are willing to give up more than they would probably should give up in a trade. And I'm not saying to be inequitable in a deal, but, you know, seek out those people that are, are kind of desperate at this point. I'm just being honest. Just go seek them out. This is your opportunity that you haven't been majorly impacted by injuries yet. Now, I'm not telling you to trade all your depth away um, because I learned that years ago in fantasy. I traded away a lot of my depth to make sure that I was top heavy. And then those players went down, and then I was stuck when it came around time for the playoffs. <laughs> so, you know, don't don't trade yeah. away, you know, all your depth. But there's definitely opportunities when you see these, you know, certain ones going down, you know, seize those opportunities. Absolutely. I mean, it, you know, fantasy is more so a market game. You know what I'm saying? Knowing your market. Knowing what, one, what your other team need. Knowing what your team needs, you know, and then playing the market, you know what I'm saying? Is if there's desperation on, like you mentioned, there's desperation, you know, fill the market out. What do you want? You know, and you play into that when you are negotiating back and forth with those, you know, it's like, okay, you know, hey, you need these players. I'm good either way. You know what I'm saying? You're not about to muscle me into giving up my stars when you need these players. So, I mean, play the market. See what it is. If you miss out on a trade because you stuck to your guns, then so be it. You know what I'm saying? Accept what you're going to accept, you know. And a lot of times, um, you know, I've been into many trade talks with, you know, probably two of these guys here, and we go back and forth. It's fun times. I enjoy it. You know, and they probably think that I suck at trading. I get that a lot too. But, hey, you know, if I make a deal, it's going to be a good deal. Between all of us, we've been playing fantasy now for, ooh, about eight years now. Yeah, How many so. trades have has transpired between the three of us collectively? Not many. You can probably many. count on one hand. Yeah, really you, not you that can many. count on I one know, hand. I probably traded with Lowe's maybe twice. Yeah. And I've never, I don't think I've ever traded with Ramon. I don't think I've ever traded with Ramon. No, I traded with you once, Rob. I traded with oh, you yeah. once, Rob. You're, you remember you never traded with me. Odell before Odell took off. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Before he went off, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Got him. <laughs> right. Hey, at the time, it was a good trade. It made that won me a chip that year, too, but. <laughs> all right, man. All right, enough, enough. <laughs> but yeah, man. So you know, injuries are just affecting again, man. Prayers out to all these guys that are hurting. We not, you know, part of our platform is to really speak on these players from a fantasy football 
uh, perspective, but don't think that we don't care about these guys at all, you know. But, um, yeah, man, it's, it's been tough. Um, if you made it through the week uh, without a injury, major injury, uh, count yourself very, very lucky because uh, it wasn't a good week. Um, man, so I think I think that's – did we do a minute? Man, maybe we have talked about – Everything that we need to do. Yeah, we, I think we covered it. I mean, if you want to give – I mean, w- this won't come out until after the game. But tonight's game, if you want to just give a little preview of that. Saints versus Raiders, man. Henry Ruggs is active. I really, really need him to have a great game. Um, I mean, it gives me another chance to see the Saints and if is there uh, see their defense in action again, which is ironic of what I need. <laughs> they need to just let Henry Ruggs go off for a little bit, for a little while. It's interesting to see how offense is going to look without MT. MT wasn't too much of a factor in game one, but, I mean, I don't know. Our offense is weird. We do something different every week and feature somebody different every week. So we'll see what happens. Some some people think that Emmanuel Sanders is going to take off uh, the week, the week wide receiver one, which could happen. Some people feel like it's Trey Corn Smith. Uh, but I, I really feel like it's going to be a heavy, heavy dose of Alvin Kamara tonight. Yeah, I mean, let's uh, let's talk about it. I mean, last week you was calling for Drew Brees' head, you know. Uh, I'm a little shocked that you had mentioned you didn't mention you wanted to see how his arm yeah. was going to do. You know, last yeah. week you wanted him to hey. retire, and you didn't even mention the guy. Look, I it's said, I said what I said. It, I don't have to elaborate. I said what I said. The listeners know how I feel about hey. Drew. It's hey. not changing. It's not hey, we changing. ran a. We ran a poll on that, and I would say a lot of our followers did not agree with you. Um, it was because probably like seventy percent, twenty percent. A lot of my followers don't know what they're talking about. If you look at this man for the eye test, Drew can go out here and, and throw five hundred yards tonight, and I'm still gonna feel the same way. I don't feel like he can consistently, consistently throw accurate and throw deep. I don't. He hasn't shown that to me. I hadn't seen Drew throw deep in. The last five games, I've been privileged to see him play. Hey, all I'm saying is just be ready for when he mentioned you post-game after he go off tonight. When he <laughs> said he was listening to that podcast and he saw what you said about him, he personally called you out, bro. Just be ready for well, it. Well, just man. shout us out. Oh, underscore <laughs> bench warmers, opinion the bench warmers on Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts and Stitcher, man. Get our listeners. <laughs> like, I really don't feel the same way I feel. No, I, I feel that way. You know, we talked about this before. We we were in agreement that, you know, that he should have hung it up before, like, last year. So, uh, so I'm, I'm in full agreement with you, bro. I think that, you know, like you said, he may have a good game tonight, but as the season goes on and it gets deep, we know that his arm strength wanes as the season goes on. So, you know, I feel the same way that you feel, honestly. I can't believe I can't believe y'all here saying Drew Brees need to do more push-ups and get his strength up. You know, I just really – this is the same guy that brought y'all a championship in 09. You guys ready to throw him under the bus now. I just can't believe it. I can't. I just can't. It comes a time in every man's life. <laughs> Father time is undefeated, bro. Like, ex-Kobe, you know. I mean, when he played, you know, we thought he was going to play forever. Like, even LeBron right now, what he's doing is amazing. But Come on, man. Is- let's not talk about that, man. Let's, <laughs> let's, 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 let's not talk about Father Time and LeBron yeah, right now, right. bro. Not right I know, now. right? But, I mean, it's <laughs> Leave obvious. Leave it to Drew. It's obvious he's kind of lost. You know, he, 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 I ain't going to say he lost a step, but he not the – you know, you could really clearly see that he's not the LeBron of old. 
Come on, man. We, we can talk about this after this championship. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Let's talk this about championship it now. run out the way. <laughs> nah, man, but it's good though, man. Uh, I think that's I think that's about it. Oh, yeah. Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert. We didn't know, you know Tyrod Tyra Taylor was a, a early game scratch. Shout out to the ones that started Tyrod Taylor in deeper leagues. I know you was pissed off. But ended up Justin Herbert ended up starting. They said that he had a chest issue. Now they're saying that he reacted to uh he had rib issues and he reacted to the shot that was given and had to be taken to the hospital. But Justin Herbert had a great showing. So it surprised me that Coach Lynn came out and said that uh, Tyrod is our starter. Like, what's that about? Uh, it's a vet thing. It was a vet respect thing. You know, I mean, Justin Herbert did play well. He had one ear and throat. I did see while watching the game. But I think it's our respect of your veteran. Um, you know, you still call him the starter. I mean, he say that now and then go into the week and then, They'll name him the starter later on. I mean, you really can't listen to these coaches these days. They won't. He won't announce that early in the week. Yeah, I agree. I, and I think that no matter, even if it does come back to the point of Tyrod temporarily being the guy, we know that Herbert is going to be the guy, and honestly, is going to be the guy at some point this season. So um, he showed, like you said, enough. Like you said, he had that that deep ball where he didn't really read. Uh, the safety coming over, but you know, that was a terrible, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Terrible, yeah. You know, outside of that, he looked really outside good. Outside of that, he looked good. So, yeah, I, I'll say this though one thing that's underrated about that team is how they replaced Melvin Gordon with Joshua Kelly out of UCLA. Joshua Kelly has been running the ball hard and he yes. has been good. You know, he's he even out had more touches than uh, well, I'm gonna say more carries than uh, you know, um. Uh, Austin Eckler. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he's had more touches than him. So, you know, I really say they run game, you know, has one been the, the, the thing that's not being talked about a lot more. But I really like what Joshua Kelly did, you know. So, hey, go pick up Joshua Kelly if he out there. Man, uh, I'm just happy that Justin Herbert's starting to get some action because uh, he on my Dynasty League team, so. Ah, so that's what the That ain't got nothing about. to do with this, but that's I just thought that I should mention that's what the topic was about. I got you now. No, nah, but you now. yeah, man. So let's just wrap it up, man. We we did it again. I think that we covered it all that could be covered. We touched all important pieces. If not, we'll just cover it the next time. We thank you if you lasted this long throughout the podcast for listening to us. Make sure that you subscribe and keep those reviews rolling in because that's how we get those numbers. We know that you think that we're dope, but we need to let everybody else know that we're dope. And by doing that, it's leaving reviews. It's following us on O underscore Benchwarmers on Twitter and Instagram. It's leaving uh, – it's subscribing on multiple platforms. Just because you subscribe on Apple Podcasts don't mean you can't subscribe on Stitcher as well. So just just show, just show as much love as you can. If you see us post, share it to your stories. Just get our name out there, man. Collectively growing. We appreciate you to all the listeners, and we appreciate the love and support, and we out of here. Later.